Russia wants us out of Europe as a whole. And brother, I'm telling you what, you can see this thing starting to wrap up. I mean, it's, if you don't see it, uh, you don't want to see it. It's, it's wrapping up. And I can't tell you how soon it's going to be, but it's going to wrap up. And it's going to wrap up probably in our lifetimes. Uh, you can pretty much bet you're going to be out of here. And everything we're doing right now, and Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, or 1 Corinthians, forget that. Go to Thessalonians. I'll get to 15 here in a few minutes. But uh, 1 Thessalonians, he, Paul is, is warning us that the last church, you're going to be in dire straits. And uh, you need to keep your mind where it needs to be and, and on what you need to keep it on. And, and there's things you can take care of, but I'm telling you what, this thing is flying by. It's flying by. And uh, the world is, is taking over in a, in a nanosecond. Anything could happen. Uh, I mean, sparks could fly in a few seconds in Europe. Uh, and up in Ukraine, Romania, and all those places. Sparks could fly in a few minutes. Uh, World War One and Two both started in that area. That's where they started. And I don't think, I don't really think there's going to be a war that we're going to have to worry about. But there's a lot of things that could happen that can mess up this whole world. And just like what that right there, it, uh, you go anywhere now that it's vaxxed, unvaxxed. Uh, it's, it's green, not green. Uh, uh, global warming, not global warming. I mean, the thing is all building up to where they're, they're dividing the world into two sections. And I'm like, bring it on, man. Just bring the thing on. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1, it says this, But of the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. I'll let you stand up and give you a second. Uh, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Down into verse 18. And everything give thanks for... This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. Uh, that's going to be a, a number one thing that's going to happen in our time. Uh, we're going we're to push that thing down because this world is going to start taking some things out of our lives. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesying. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearances of evil. Father, again, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for letting us come to church tonight. Father, we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Talking to Brother Chris Rue, and I know he's uh, worried about getting back over on the field. Uh, Russia, Russia wants to sell gas to Europe. Uh, Europe wants that gas, and, and uh, I actually, Germany, you think how crazy the world's getting. Germany in World War II was taken over by Russia after World War II and treated behind the wall. They had a wall over there, you know, great, a big old wall, the Berlin Wall, uh, all the way around Berlin. Russia couldn't, uh, the people in Berlin couldn't get out for years. Uh, treated like dirt, scum, everything else, and they're back in Russia right now. Uh, you would say, wait a minute, that was only 50, 60 years ago. Yeah, we forget real quick. Uh, that's what human nature does. Humans forget all kinds of stuff. He's, he sits here and he says, I, I like this uh, passage right here. Let me get to it. I got my notes are all kind of all scattered all over the place. Prove, prove all things, prove all things. It's a command. It's not a request, by the way. Uh, you're supposed to prove everything. You, do you really believe? I was talking to somebody today. I just, I mean, the more people I talk to, I, I'm, I can't believe what they think in their minds, in their minds. Uh, they, they hear somebody say something, they listen to 47 different people, and then they get it all job, uh, garbaged up in their head. Or, or, and it's just, it just, just like a, uh, a garbage disposal. You don't know what it's going to come out, and they don't know what to believe. I thank God that 42 years ago I found something on a back porch in Louisville, Kentucky. I found a Bible. And I started reading that thing, and I read it and read it and read it, and I got saved. And for 42 years, that was enough to sustain me. They sang that song. That, that, you're right, Brother Tom. That's a great song. He said he'd never leave me. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never leave you. I like uh, one of the greatest verses. You know, you read your Bible sometimes. The Lord will throw something out. Give you a little verse every now and then. Over in uh, Matthew 28, uh, 19, says, Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. I'll never leave you. You don't have to worry about me leaving you uh, ever. You know what that is? You, you, you need to prove that. Have you ever proved that in your life? It says abstain from all appearances of evil. You know everything you do that even looks bad you're supposed to stay away from? It's not what you think bad is. It's what somebody else perceives bad to be. If somebody else can even perceive bad in your life, you're supposed to abstain from it. If you don't, you're going against Jesus Christ. Oh, no, I can do whatever I want. No, you can't. As a matter of fact, you can. You can do whatever you want. But you're not going to please God in the process. You say, well, how do you know that? Prove it. 
Go, go to take that thing to the Lord, take it to your Bible, pick up your Bible and say, I'm going to prove all things. It's a command, not a request. You need to test. You know how you prove something? You test it. You know how you know if something works after you think you fixed it? You test it. If it works, then you probably did the right thing. If you didn't, you didn't. I've tested plenty of things in my time that I fixed that I really didn't fix. And I said, whoops, that didn't solve the problem. Back to square one. And you test it again. And eventually, guess what? You'll find the problem and you'll fix it. Testing, you know, have you ever cooked? Cooks are great at testing. They, they test and test. Brother Joe's going, yep, yep, that's true, man. Have, have you ever made something that tasted terrible? You didn't know it tasted terrible till you tested it. Then you threw it out the window and started again. That's called testing. It's a, you got to examine. You know, the Bible says examine yourselves. We're supposed to examine ourselves, not somebody else. We're so quick to point our finger at somebody else. The problem, I'll tell you, is never somebody else. The problem is me or you. It's you. If, if you think somebody else has got a problem, nine chances out of ten, you're the one with the problem. And, and we won't look at Jesus Christ to solve that problem. You're supposed to prove all things. What do you prove? You prove the Bible. You prove salvation, uh, eternal security, destination of a man. You know, the main thing on this planet is heaven or hell. That's your destination. You're either today, you're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. Everybody around you is either going to heaven or they're going to hell. I can't tell who's doing what. I know people say this. Their actions don't even match it sometimes, but there's no way I can say they're going to hell. I've seen preachers say, oh, they're going to hell. You can't say that. I've seen people that you would be sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, they're going right to hell, have a better testimony than somebody lives. Oh, I'll never forget that time I was in that little Baptist church across from Chesapeake. I wasn't even in church yet. I just, I'd seen this little white church over here. I thought, there's a little white church over here. I'll go to it. And these two old couples walk up. So they had to be, they had to be 25. I mean, they were older than me. They looked like they were 60 or 70. And both of them walked down and got saved. I'm like, what was that? I'm like, what is that? I didn't have a clue what that was. I started asking some people. They say, oh, those couple have been in church for years. And they just now getting saved? Preaching must have been really bad. I have no idea what was going on there. Maybe it was just they finally understood it. But you know, if you'd have looked at those people the whole time, you'd have thought they were good moral people. Clean. On their way to heaven, and they were both lost. It took a while for them to finally figure that thing out. you got to prove it. You know what's wrong with our country today is we don't prove. We do. This world is filthy. If you don't think it is, prove it. Go out there and look at it. All you have to do is go out there and see what's going on and be part of it for a few minutes. I'm not saying be part of it. The preacher said I could go out and sin. I didn't say you could go out and sin, but that's what you'll do if you go out there. All It takes about two nanoseconds to watch that thing and see how bad it is. You got to prove it. And then the next question is, what in the world am I here for? I mean, there has to be some purpose. The Lord wouldn't tell you to get saved and then sit you on the sidelines and let you watch everything go by and, and let you see what you're missing. I'm missing that. No, you're not missing anything. You, you know what you got to do? You need to prove some things in your life. Then he says, hold fast that which is good, not bad. Good. You know how you do that? You prove all things to find out what good is. And then once you find out what good is, you hold fast to that thing. You don't let the thing go. Keep it. Take it. Have it. you got to have it. That which is good. You know what good is? It's honest and right. It's not wrong. It's right. Well, we get mad at somebody and we want to lash out at them. You know, you always see guys going, girls go, guys are just as bad. Guys wallow around in dirt and mud and everything out there wrestling and thinking that they're big, mean, masculine men and they're a bunch of babies is all we are. Hold fast that which is good. How are you going to do that? You're going to prove all things. Paul sits there and he goes through this thing. He says, last church, church. He goes, you're going to be concerned. Get, get that away. He goes, it's, it's not, brethren, but of the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. Why? you got other problems greater than that. Why are you wasting your time to figure out all this prophecy and all this other stuff that is way out there somewhere when you can't even live a day without Jesus Christ, with Jesus Christ on this planet? You need to prove things. If, if what I do in the morning when I wake up and what I do between the time I wake up and go to sleep isn't something that pleases the Lord, then I need to chunk the thing. Me and Beth are sitting there talking about chunking all kinds of stuff. 
we're, we're chunking and chunking and chunking and chunking. And uh, you can't chunk too fast because then you, you have to fill it back in with something else. But you need to learn how to get rid of some stuff and let the stuff go. This world, has, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. Uh, for 6,000 years, they run around in buggies. 5,900 and something. They run around in buggies. It was perfectly fine to have a buggy. Now we can't, man. You've got to have a stinking rocket. Uh, Elon Musk put, put a Tesla, I think it was a Tesla, on the, on the, there's a Tesla's in space right now if you just don't know about it, out there cruising around. What a waste of a car. What a waste of a rocket. Why are we going to space anyways? I, I always want to be an astronaut. My question is, why are we going out there? Is, what's the purpose to spend your hard tax dollars? Uh, I don't know if we gain anything. You'll never find nothing out there. Prove all things. Does it make sense to do that? Does it make sense to make a nation or a world take a vaccine? Does it make sense when they say prove all things? Uh, you know what the world is doing today? They're not proving nothing. They're just flowing, going with the flow. Uh, we just read a missionary letter. To stay on the field, he had to make a choice. Uh, and I'm sure that he, he was in prayer about that thing and knew exactly what he was doing. Uh, maybe, I don't know. He just had to do what he had to do. Uh, that's what he had to do. Every one of us is going to be faced with decisions. And one of these days, that decision that you have to make is going to be based on what you've done with the Bible. If the Bible is really dead center, I mean, I, there's decisions I've made in my life that if it wasn't for this book, I would have never made those decisions. All of a sudden, you read that thing, and it's not just reading and you say, do this, do this, thou shalt not, thou shalt. No, 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 it's more than that. You start getting down to this thing, and you get down to a man named Jesus Christ which is the Son of God, the living Son of God. That's who he is. He either is or not. You know what you need to do? You need to prove that thing in your life. Saying it means absolutely nothing at all. Saying I'm a Christian means nothing in today. It means nothing at all. When you prove that thing in your life, that is an individual proving something in their life that will be a life-changing event in their life. You can say, well, how are you going to reject people out there who don't believe this? You prove it. You have to prove the book. You have to prove what is. You hear, well, I'm a King James Bible believer. Yeah, but do you believe what's in it? Have you ever proved, have you ever sit there and say, hey, Lord, I don't understand this. Show me and let him show you what this book has to say about some things. So hold, hold fast. We are, we are to hold, uh, we, we, are, we are to hold on to and, and let go of some things. You know, sometimes you got to grab one thing and let go of something else, and you swing and you hold it. You ever get the monkey bar things? Uh, I never was good at monkey bars because I was always too tall and I could just walk under them. But uh, you grab one bar, and then you let go and grab the other one, and then you got to let go of this one to grab that one to go to the next one. Uh, you can't stand here like this. You know what most of us try to do is this, and you just stop right there. you got to grab some things and let go of some other things. You know, holding the past is stupid. Most people, they have problems because they hold on to what's in the past. And the past will never do you a bit of good. You can linger there for 200 years. They ain't going to do you a bit of good. That day is done, come and gone. There's nothing you can do about the past. Zero, nothing. You got to let it go. The future, you have no idea what it is. But the present, you have some stuff in the present. I know what's happening right now. I'm trying to get through a message in time so we can have some prayer meeting. I know exactly what I'm doing. You know what I'm trying to do is, is get ready for some other. Oh, he didn't mention Friday. Next Friday, did you mention that? I'm sorry, sir. Okay, next Friday, uh, there is a meeting. We're, we're debating on whether to go or not. It's up in Canton. Uh, Brother Donovan, Dr. Uh, Brian Donovan and Dr. Peacock are going to be up there. It's going to be a Bible conference. It'll be on Friday night, and or Friday at 6, Saturday, a couple meetings. And then if we go, we'll drive up and come back Saturday evening uh, after the meeting on Saturday. Uh, and we're not sure if we want to go or if, if how many people would like to go. Uh, if you're interested in going, uh, there's a somebody put a piece of paper on the back back here and start signing up. I'll mention it again Sunday. Uh, we can discuss if we're going to take a, uh, the bus up there. We got a bus. We can take 14 people in. Uh, you don't have to drive. We can drive up, drive back. Uh, was that a comfortable ride up there? Yeah, it wasn't bad. All right. All right. So if you sign up, we'll figure out what we're going to do. If we've got to take more vehicles, we'll, we'll do that. If, and if nobody's interested, then we'll, we'll worry about that too. Hold fast. You've got to hold on. You've got to hold on. you got to know what you're holding on to. I've held on to something for, for 42 years. His name is Jesus Christ. I never let go of the thing. Uh, proofs. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. 
It's a command, not a request, it's a command. I like this, Acts 17.10 says, And brethren, and the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night to Berea. You ever heard of Berea? There's a, there's a couple churches called Berean. And they're, they're, not, they're not what they used to be. They're not, they don't match the Bible. Uh, who, come, who coming thither uh, went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they, were, they received the word with all readiness of mind. They weren't looking to debate against it. They weren't looking to, to prove it wrong. They weren't looking for any of that. They received it with ready. They knew when they looked at the world out here and what, what they seen in religion and everything else that this held no answers. And all of a sudden, here comes Paul and Barnabas, well, actually Barnabas and, and Jesus Christ and the apostles and everything else. And they start putting the word of God out. And these Bereans seen that thing and said, with readiness of mind. You receive the word of God with readiness of mind, like, yes, I want that, like you do breakfast or the first cup of coffee every morning. These guys, and it says right here, it says, and they searched the scriptures daily. They went into their Bible to prove what they were heard was right. And then when they heard what was right, was right, according to you know what scriptures they had? They had the Old Testament. They went back and was reading the Old Testament back then. That's Hebrew. They were reading that stuff, looking at it, trying to prove, is this true? Is this man named Jesus Christ who he said he was? We believe he, and then they lived it. Said they were first called Christians at Antioch. Today we call ourselves Christians. We're not, we don't match up to what the Bible says a Christian is. We, we, are, we fall way short of that. Because this filthy world has, has taken bits and pieces out of our lives. And we're more concerned about what we want or I want than what the Lord wants. You know what you got to do? You got to get away. I talked to somebody today and they, and they said that they don't understand why people always get mad at them. I said, have you ever considered what comes out of your mouth? Oh, well, I can say whatever. Sure, you can say whatever you want. But have you ever considered the other person, how they're going to take what you just said? Well, they said something. Two people got mad. Two different people from two different areas got mad. They said the exact same thing. I said, well, have you ever concerned that maybe those two people don't think like you do on that topic? Well, I can say whatever I want. Well, sure you can. So they get mad at us. Who cares then? But if you care why people are getting mad, maybe you need to shut your mouth sometime before you open it and spill your guts out and put it all over Facebook and everywhere else and let everybody know how you think. Because we really don't care how we think, or you don't, I don't care how you think. I really just care what the Lord says about something. If you want to come and say, hey, Mike, the Bible says, and you are the, I'm willing to sit down and listen to you. But if you're coming up and saying, well, you hurt my feelings, I'm liable to do it again right then and there. <laughs> Especially if you tell me what I did to hurt them. I'll do it again. Get some response out of you. <laughs> I don't know if I'd do that. I wouldn't be that mean. Well, maybe I would. I don't know. <laughs> Matthew 125. You know, I took two Bibles. I was looking at Dr. Rookman's commentary on this, and he, he lists a whole bunch. He said you ought to prove everything. Uh, you, some simple little thing. Take your Bibles. I know most of you got King James Bibles in here. Uh, go to uh, Matthew one twenty-five. Prove all things. You know, you got a Bible sitting in front of you. And you're going to read some really strange things in here. And you're going to hear some strange people. The, the, world, the world thinks that Jesus Christ, there is no God. Uh, that's why they're acting the way they're acting. Most Christians are in between, halfway between. We're, we're like Revelation. You read Revelation uh, chapter 3, and it talks about lady seeing close. He said, you're neither cold nor hot. You're sitting on a fence. You want the things of the world because you see that, and i got to have that. But you also want the things of God, so you just kind of sit in the middle there. Uh, you can't let go. That's, that's flesh versus, versus spirit. That's what that is. The spirit side says, I want this. The flesh side says, I want this. Our problem today is there is so much stuff that, that allures the flesh that it's hard to let go of anything. It is hard, man. It's hard. You know why I'm overweight? Ah. I know exactly why I'm overweight. I look right down and see it right there. I know exactly why I'm overweight. That right there. There is no other reason than that right there. You know what? I'm honest. I'm not going to do nothing about it. <laughs> it's hard, man. I mean, I, you, know, you know how the devil gets you? Beth says, I lied to my wife the other day. Did you get any ice cream? No. She goes, what's this bag doing out here in the garage on the floor by the freezer? I said, rats, man. I'm like, how come you can't remember to make me a cup of coffee, but you can find a bag laying on the floor in the garage and know I got ice cream? I'm like, how can you figure that out? 
So then, so then I just got the little ones. I didn't get big ones. I got little ones. So uh, she goes, gets two of them, and we eat them. Now, see, she's got the problem, not necessarily me. I wouldn't have got it. But she, she has to have one, so she eats them. Then, then she finds the receipt, and she goes, wait a second. I thought you only got two. You got five. I said, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how can you read it? How can you? I mean, she's like Sherlock Bethy. I don't understand all that stuff. Uh, Matthew, Matthew. <laughs> but you got to prove, I mean, she, I lied to her, man. I had to, I had to repent. We still ate the ice cream. She ate it with me. And 125. Your Bible says some really strange things. Uh, the conversation I had today, this, this particular verse came up. Uh, 125 says, and knew her not. This is talking about Joseph. Then Joseph, verse 24. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him. Now, uh, that, that is a strange enough thing in itself that an angel appears and tells you exactly what to do. Uh, you know the next. You know what quenching the spirit is? It says, quench not the spirit. I'm back here in the back in, the, in uh, 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, verse 19. It says, quench not the spirit. You know what quenching the spirit is? It's when the Lord tells you what to do and you don't do it. When he is, that's not grieving the Holy Spirit, that's sin. Quenching, quenching is when you're told exactly what to do and said, I'm not going to do that. God tells you, man, I tell you what, every decision, I, Lord tells you, now sometimes it takes a while, man, to make that decision. And the Lord doesn't, you know, if he knows you're, you're debating something, you're trying to figure out what to do and how to do it, he knows our frame, he knows we're but dust. He, he's got all that. And, and sometimes he'll tell you something and you won't be able to do it all at once. It took me three months before we started this church in this building or started working or even thinking about buying this building. And it was, I had to go around several times. And finally, the last time I was walking, they wouldn't even let me in the building. I was walking around the outside of the building. And it was like, Lord saying, are you sure you can do this? Yeah, I can do this. I seen this down. And all of a sudden it came to fruition. I said, yeah, this will work. This could work. I, my mind started geared up. It took three months to get there. You say, why is that? Well, we, it took longer than that. Actually, we moved out of the garage into the Grange and back into the garage, and, and I didn't think the Lord was ever going to help us out. And then Beth said something one day, and another guy said something, come over here, looked at something, didn't work, and later on down the road, and just one of these things where you're sitting there, but this is what the Lord wanted me to do. And it took him three more months to get me. The moment I, I checked it out the first time and walked away from it, it was two or three months later, Beth had mentioned something. I come back over here. I seen this, walked around it, and the Lord was working with me that whole time. And I said, are you going to do this? You know, a quenching the spirit would say, oh, no, I can't, man. I mean, it's really too much work, and we ain't got the money and, and all this other stuff. And, and uh, No, I didn't do that. You know what I did? I started thinking, how in the world can I do that? I got once $163,000. And I ain't got no money. <laughs> I said, Lord, what do I, what do I got? What do I got? What do I got? I got a house. I got a house. I can put my house up on mortgage. And I, I did. And I got $63,000 or 60, I think $60,000 at my house, maybe 65, 70, whatever. Uh, and I'm like, okay, I got that. But I'm still short. I still need another uh, $90,000. And I ain't got another. And, and two men in the church, when I said that, two more men stood up and did the exact same thing. And we ended up with enough money to get the building, plus put bathrooms in and everything else. And you say, what was it? I didn't quench the spirit. The spirit was willing to work and give me time to make the decision I needed to make. I had to see it. But quenching the spirit, a lot of times we quench the spirit. The Lord tells us exactly what to do, and we don't do it. The Lord tells us to go up to somebody and get something right, and we don't do it. That's called quenching the spirit. I'll put it right down into our level. We say something about somebody, that's grieving the Holy Ghost. And when he finally grieves us enough to where he shows us, when we say, no, I'm not going to get that thing right, that's quenching. And you're putting, you're putting the Holy Spirit completely out of your life. I don't know about you, brother, but I can't live without him in my life. I can't do it. I cannot direct my steps. If you think you can direct your steps, I'm going to say something. You, I, you're a fool. If you think I can direct every step, you're a fool. There's a billion steps out there. Ah, here we go. Let's get back to here. Then Joseph, man, he got an angel talking to him. Don't come up to me and tell me you got angels talking to you. We'll have a talk then. He said, then Joseph, being raised from the, the sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took uh, upon, uh, unto him his wife. Now, in the Jewish religion, all the stuff that goes back. But then it goes to verse 25. It says, and knew her not till she had brought forth her, first, her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. Now, the ESV is one of the most modern Bibles we got. 
everybody's telling you to get that thing and you need to read it. This is what it says. But knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. You know what they did? They took the firstborn out of there. That took the doctrine that Mary was virgin when she had Jesus. But, but on top of that, she had other kids after that. Her firstborn meant she had other ones after that. So she's not a perpetual virgin. You know, the Catholic Church will tell you that Mary was a perpetual virgin. That she died and was ascended to heaven like Jesus Christ. And you can pray to her and she can answer your prayers. Well, I don't know what kind of person would be idiot enough to pray to her. Uh, when you can pray right to Jesus Christ. Well, she's our mom. You ever talk to a priest? Y'all you are none. Go talk to one, man. They're fun. And ask some of these questions. Well, why would I pray to Mary? Well, because she is his mother. And you know how mothers are. I know how mothers are, man. Mothers are nuts. <laughs> Ladies, I love all of you. You're all great, man. I mean, I, I wouldn't be here without my mom. But you ladies have got some issues. You make emotional decisions that, that sometimes makes absolutely like zero sense to a man. Unless the man is like. And, and he, if a guy ever agrees with you, you better question that guy. <laughs> I mean, eventually I agree with Beth on a lot of stuff, but it takes some head knocking before we ever get there. And then I do. But, but it's, you're removing the deity of Jesus Christ and, and you're actually saying that Mary wasn't, Mary didn't have kids and now the Catholic doctrine, uh, doctrine can start coming in. Every new Bible does that. You say, why, why would you care about that? Because you need to prove all things. Either he was the son of God, sinless. That, that messes up with his sinlessness. If he wasn't the firstborn and Mary had other kids before him, then, she, then see, Jesus Christ could be a sinner. There is so many little things when you get in your Bible. The Bible says prove it. You, know, you say, why would you prove it? Because all of a sudden that thing starts solidifying in your heart, and he is the son of God. He's God manifested. He is God. He's God Almighty, and I can trust him. I can trust him to get me into heaven. I can put all my trust into him and let go of this stinking, filthy world and put my trust in him. You know what the Bible, Paul said? You better prove it because in the last days, you're going to want to put your trust somewhere else. Corporations are not a place to put your trust. They are not. They'll let you go in about two nanoseconds. Uh, the Navy, is, the Army, Air Force, Marines is not a place to put your trust. Uh, right now, I think Biden has just uh, signed a bill that uh, makes uh, sexual discrimination a, 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 against the law in the military. It's against the code of, of conduct or the, the military code of justice. You can go to jail. I mean, that, that, so you say a transgender is screwed up. You go to jail. A lesbian is messed up. <laughs> Why? Because they're... They're X or Y, and they're actually trying to be like a Z. They're not a Z. They're X or Y. X or Y tells you what you are. That's what you are. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you don't like that, but you're so confused. We're in a confused world. Prove. If you're in here today and you don't know what you are, you should prove what you are. <laughs> get that under the, get that down, Pat, so you know, and you won't have a problem. We had a young lady calling. Beth was talking to her, and she said, I'd like to start coming back to church again. And she's been here before. And I want to bring my girlfriend. And Beth was like, your girlfriend? And, and she goes, yes. And she goes, you mean like a, a friend girl or a girlfriend? And I heard her talk about it for about two or three minutes. And then and Beth got all flabbergasted. I said, you can't let her come into this church. She's not going to sit in this pew with another girl. Now, if she wants to come in here and get her heart right, I can help her do that. But if she wants to come in here and just live in sin, that ain't going to happen. You know what's wrong with us is we sit there and tolerate filth and sin. That is, that's way out here. This right here causes us more problems than anything else. We have lost the authority of a local Baptist church or a local church. We walk in thinking we can do whatever we want in the church. And you can't. You cannot. Now, if you become pastor of church, you can do whatever you want to do. But you know what my job is? Is to peruse this place and make sure it's safe. And when I see something wrong, I have to do something about it because I answer to Christ. You don't. I'll try. You know, I had a guy one time. He didn't like that. And I said, you want to trade places? I'll let you be pastor. 
Oh, no, no, I don't want to do that. Oh, I see how it is. So you want me to take all the heat for you, but you don't want to. That's the way it is with most people. You know what the most people do? They don't prove nothing. They just, why are you a Christian? Why do you even want to be a Christian? Man, Travis, I didn't mean to upset you that bad. Why do you want to be a Christian if you don't want to be what a Christian is? When he says prove all things, you know what you're going to be? You're going to be like the Bereans. There's churches out there called the Bereans. They haven't proved squat. You sit down and talk to them about the Bible. No, no, no. no. They say they search the scripture daily. They're willing to change at a moment's notice to the word of God. That's the way we all should be. Not just one group, all Christians. If we're going to name the name of Christ, we should. Take your Bibles, go to... uh, uh, Matthew 5. i got just a few of them here in Matthew. Jesus was the firstborn. That meant he had others afterwards. Catholic Church said, well, it says over here, sisters and brethren. Okay. Well, that means his cousins. No, it says sisters and brethren. No, 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 that means cousins and uncles. and stuff. No, no, that means sisters and brethren. Uh, you know what happens when you don't prove stuff? You question it. But you know what happens when you prove it? You settle it in your heart. You know what eternal security is? It's proving salvation. You know what salvation is? It's proving your your sinfulness. Once you prove you're a sinner, it's easy to get saved. Because then you got to figure out the way, okay, so I'm I'm a sinner. What do I do? i got to get saved. i I got to find a way out of this. Now all of a sudden, God comes into the scene. Jesus Christ comes into the scene. Holy Spirit comes into the scene. All these people are in the scene around you, and now you're starting to think about that thing. And you go, whoa. Well, I'm in trouble. What do I do? And you get saved. Saved is just one thing. Now all of a sudden you, you prove that there is a Lord because you trust him. If you really got saved, you prove that. Now you got to prove that it's forever. And once you do that, guess what? There's a peace of God that cometh over you. You get the peace of God that passes all understanding. And you get a joy in your life. The joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. Down in. And you run around all over the place screaming and hollering and having a good time. Because you proved something. You know how many Christians I've talked to in, in the 42 years that I've been saved had no idea whether they were saved or lost. And they think, oh, I'll do something. And then they never consider the Christ. It's not just proving Jesus Christ or he saved your soul. But when you do that, you know what you did? You just learned to trust him a hair more. And then all of a sudden the relationship between you and him gets a little sweeter there because, you know, you got a protector general sitting here that's going to take care of you to the end. Uh, Matthew, Matthew 5, 22. Interesting passage here. I think it is anyways. 522. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause uh, shall be in danger of the judgment. But whosoever shall say to his brother Reka shall be uh, in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say thou fool uh, shall be in danger of hellfire. They take the word Reka out of that thing. But they say without a cause. And there's, Jesus Christ says in, in verse 20, he says, but I say to you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause. You know, it's good to get, you can get mad at somebody. But there has to be a reason for it. A cause. What's the cause? You can't get mad just because they said something hurt my feelings. They said something on Facebook. They said that. Well, what are you on Facebook for? Have you ever thought if you just turn it off, you won't get upset? I, I, got, I got Marketplace. I like Marketplace. Marketplace is okay. I think they're a bunch of, mm, I'm Marketplace, but I, I'm, it's okay. Uh, you, you know what? You try to sell something or find something, you can usually find it right there. It used to be like Craigslist, but Craigslist is not all, you got two of them. eBay's good. Amazon's okay, but Marketplace is all right. I don't go, I've got people always want me to be their friend. I'm sorry I don't want to be your friend on Facebook. I don't. I got a no problem with this thing right here in real life. I don't even want to get on Facebook. I had somebody call me recently, and I told. I mentioned Sunday morning. I, they call me all the time and say, "Did you see what so and so said on Facebook?" No, then you know they're mad. They're upset because of what somebody said. On, what are you doing on Facebook? Is that what you do at home? <laughs> just see what they just said. <laughs> Why don't you get up and put that down and go mall walking, man? You get better exercise. I mean, the fingers, man, you can see the the six-packs on their fingers, man. (laughs) I need them here. Not there. (laughs) But without a cause, they take that out. They say, here's the ESV. But I say unto you that everyone is angry with his brother 
will be liable for the judgment. I mean, it's close, but they without a cause. You can't get mad in an ESV. Yeah, you can. Jesus got mad. He went in the temple and ran them out. The money changers. People trying to make money off of the, the, the churchgoers, man. You know what he did? He run them out. I've had people say, we sell, every now and then we let somebody sell CDs and should you let them sell these them ties, man? Have you ever seen them ties as Jesus and all this other stuff on them? They'd come in and sell those ties. A book. Uh, <laughs> there's one guy, a very, a very notable evangelist. He, he brings his books in, and uh, people get mad. Uh, I was over at Cornerstone one time, and, and one of the Green Boys bought. I mean, the whole foyer was full of books from one end to the other, and just junk books, all kinds of books. And, and that's how he made his living. And he made his living off of the, the Christians coming in and out of the building buying books. Uh, and people like to read, and I guess it's okay. That, you know, I guess it's okay. Uh, Jesus got mad about it. They were, they were selling stuff to worship him. You don't need anything to worship him. All you need is you. Randy, it's good to see you, brother. All you need is you and him. That's all you need. Take your Bibles. Take your Bibles. Without a cause. Yeah, you can get mad. It's good to get mad. Anger sometimes is great. Uh <laughs> I get mad all the time. Then you can get, you know, it gives you time to get right. Husbands and wives, y'all get mad at each other, and then you make up and kiss and smoochy, moochy, moochy, and all that other stuff. KJV, KJV says this, six, Matthew 6, 13. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. ESV says this. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You know what they leave off? For thine is the kingdom and the power. And the glory forever, amen. Now, you say, prove all things. You know, if you go back and get the manuscripts, and you can get tons of them, you'll find that almost all of them have that verse in there. A couple of them don't. And you know what the Catholic Church does? And uh, some of these, they pull it out. They just pull the thing out. Uh, you say, why would you have a, go John 3.16? Everybody knows John 3.16, right? We all know John 3.16. John 3.16 is a great verse. We quote it to the point where it's just about burnt on our tongue. It's a wonder if some of us don't have it uh, uh, tattooed on our forehead or on our arms. Some Christians need to have it tattooed on their hands so they can quote it. That should be a slam to some of y'all, but if it isn't, amen. John 3.16 says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You say, well, what's wrong with that? Here's what the ESV says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. They took the word begotten out of there. You know what the Lord said? He said, his only begotten son. You say, why would that matter? Well, the Mormons believe that the heavenly father is the father of us all, making us brothers and sisters. In that sense, the Mormons believe that Jesus and, and uh, Satan are brothers. Why? Because they took the word begotten out of there. The only begotten means he's it. There is no other of God. Now, Adam was made out of dirt, and I am made out of dirt like Adam. Jesus was not made out of dirt. Jesus is God manifest. Oh, man, oh, you, oh, yes, let's go back at 13. Is it 13, 13, 13? Look at John 3, 13. Is that it? Ah, well, this, this is a crazy verse. You talk about a crazy verse. This one's crazy. You know why you need to prove your Bible? Prove all things. You know why you prove all things? Because you're going to say some crazy, I mean some outstanding crazy things. They're going to be insane compared to this world. All right, watch this, watch this. Uh, 13, John 3, 13. Nicodemus is, first of all, let's, let's run this story up. Nicodemus is talking to him. He comes, he's a, a ruler of, of the Jews. I mean, he's not, he's like a Paul, a pre-Paul, a post-Paul. No, post-Paul, a, what it was, a pre-Paul. Uh, he's Saul. He's like Saul, man. He's, he's, in the, he's in the mix up there. But he sees some things in Jesus Christ, and he's trying to get this stuff in order in his head. And he comes to him and says, there was a man, verse 1, of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. So we know exactly what he is. Uh, Jesus answers, verse 3, answers and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And we're sitting there, and we got that. So, oh, yeah, yeah, that's no problem. To Nicodemus, that was foreign language to him. To Nicodemus, he had no idea what the Lord Jesus Christ just said. Then you go down to verse... Um, uh, verse 10, and Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. Verse 9, Nicodemus answers and said unto him after the conversation, how can these things be? It was foreign to him. 
he hadn't proved it yet. Yet in verse 10, Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel and knowest not these things? You know what the danger is here? Some of us may think we're masters of this thing called Christianity, and we don't know nothing. We know that much, yet we think we know. And we open this thing right here like we know, not even considering who we're talking. Nicodemus is talking to Jesus Christ. He's talking to the Son of God. That isn't even where I'm headed, uh, but, it's, but it's good. Uh, Jesus starts saying, verse, verse 13, And no man hath ascended up to heaven. Now, only somebody who's proved some things in their life can even say something like this. Uh, he said, And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is... Ah, if you've got a little Bible in your hand, and the words of Christ are red, they're red right there. And guess who he's talking to? Nicodemus. Yet he says right here, he says right here, verse 13, at the end of that thing, which is in heaven. That's omnipresence. Jesus Christ, when he walked this planet, he was in heaven just as much as he was down here on the earth. How can you possibly get rid of him anywhere you go? He's everywhere at one time. Everywhere, like everywhere. You know, they'd lock you up in most places. They'd put you in a straitjacket, throw you in a rubber room. He says he's in heaven and down here. Yeah, he is. He's all in all. He's everywhere at one time. You say, why would you believe that? Because I proved some things in the Bible little by little, and I get to the place where it just, it only makes sense that he's there. You have to take it to the next place. You can't stop. There, there's no stopping place here, by the way. When you start down this path, there's no place to stop. It's all God. It's all Jesus Christ. It's all Father, Son, Holy Ghost. It's all him. You can't pass that thing up. Uh, search, oh, 539. Search the scriptures. Here, I'll, I'll just read this one. Uh, John 5, 39. It says, search the scriptures. For in them, you think you have eternal life. They changed it. Search the scriptures because you search the scriptures. <laughs> because you think, because they changed that thing, put a doubt in your mind of, of the word of God. Uh, Jesus, 935. John, Jesus heard that they had cast him out. The guy that got cast out of the temple for uh, getting his eyesight back, and they, they, because he said Jesus did, it. he says, and cast him out. And when he had found him, he said unto him, "Dost thou believe on the Son of God?" The ESV says, "Son of Man." Jesus clearly. You say, "Why would you prove that?" Because he's God. You know what most people in the world? He's just a man. Oh well, no, he's Jesus, but their life doesn't reflect that. They're just, they're using words that just make him like you. He's not like us. He never was like us. Oh, this thing's crazy, man. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, Acts, oh, Acts 1-3. I'll stop here. Man, it's 8.05 already. I told you all I was going to shut up. but I'll just say this, and then, then I'll, I'll come back next Wednesday or Sunday or something. This, Luke writes his book. You can tell by the way he ends uh, the, the book of Luke. Uh, he says, the former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day uh, in which he was taken up after that uh, he, through the Holy Ghost, had given the commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible, infallible proofs. Now, the... Uh, the King James says, to whom he showed himself alive after, after his passion by many infallible proofs. The uh, ESV says as he presented himself alive to them after he suffered uh, by many proofs. So the proofs suffered, he made him suffer, I guess. Uh, being seen of them 40 days. No, no, no. No, 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 no. To whom he also showed himself alive after his passion by... Many infallible proofs. You say, go to, go to 1 Corinthians 15, and I'll stop right here, I promise. I just have to hit one of these so you can see it. 15, 1 Corinthians 15. It's infallible. You can't miss it, man. A lawyer in a court of law would have to say, Jesus Christ walked the planet, died, and came back to life. 15. 15, 3. I actually go to 1. Moreover, brethren, 15, 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I uh, preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand. I stand in this. I stand. This is where I stand. You say, why would you prove it? Because in the last days of our lives in this world as Christians, you're going to have to have this stuff proven to you so you can, the world may not believe it. 
But you got to have the guts to stand up and say it. And you can't be afraid. No, no, let me take it back. You can be afraid. You just have to have the guts to say it. you got to have something that's going to get you over your fear to do what needs to be done. There is no, no temptation taking you but such as common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted but that you're able. But will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. You can bear it. Anything that he puts on you, you can do. But you got fear there. What's going what's to get you over that fear? That day in that cheese mess, I was scared to death. But boy, I'm sitting here talking to the Lord. And I'm like, oh, if I do this, I'm going to spit on you. He goes, yeah, you are. <laughs> what are you going to do? I don't know. I said, Lord, I don't know what to do. What do I do? I mean, I felt that. I got up next thing you know, it's all history. You say, really, was that? Yeah, I was scared. But I already knew who he was. And if I did something, I was going to do it against him. And if I do it against him, I, I don't care what the rest of this world thinks. I just sinned against my Lord. I just sinned against the man that died for me at Calvary 2,000 years ago, shed his blood at Calvary. Let them drive spikes in his hands. He did all that for me. And he asked me to do one little thing, and I can't do it. I said, no way, man. You know what's wrong with most of us? We're cowards, chickens. You say, oh, Mike, what'd you do? I had more coffee. I should have probably not had. I'm telling you, man. You sit here, he says, infallible proofs. Here he is in 15. 15.3 says, for I delivered unto you, this is Paul talking, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to scriptures and was buried and rose again the third day according to scriptures. You know, we all say that, but do you really believe what you just said there? You really believe what you just read? That a guy brought himself back to life after being dead. I heard somebody, can you believe that? I just, I can't believe that God would actually cut John the Baptist's head off. He didn't, Herod did. Or, or yeah, Herod did. And you go, man, why would he do that? I said, because you're afraid of what they're going to do to you. I said, you know what? One nanosecond after John's head hit the ground. He's absent from the body, present with the Lord. Now, he went, he wasn't present with the Lord yet because the Lord's not down there yet. Well, the Lord's omnipresent. He's probably down there too. Uh, if he's in heaven, he could be down in Abraham's bosom at the same time he's in heaven and he's on the earth. Uh, it gets crazy, man. book gets crazy. crazy. Anyways, John goes down. He's there. Abraham says, hey, John, I got some connections with the Lord, man. You want to go back? No. <laughs> he can put your head back on. Uh, no. But, John, you can get, no, I don't want it. I'm perfectly happy right where I'm at. I don't have to go back there and put up a hair no more, or Philip, or nobody else. Herodias, I, none of that stuff, man. I don't have to put up a nun. I don't have to worry about camel's hair and eating locusts no more. I don't have to worry about none of that stuff. No, honey, all in my beard, all over the place. I don't have to worry about none of that stuff, man. Baptizing a bunch of stinking vipers, man. I mean, I mean he'd probably start preaching at uh, Abraham. <laughs> you say, why would you say that? Because right here, look at this, verse verse. Uh, 15, chapter 15, and was seen of Cephas, that's Peter, and of the 12. After that, he was seen above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain of this presence, but some have fallen asleep. You can't do something in front of 500 people and then not get out. Jesus walked the planet. People say, oh, well, I, no, Jesus walked the planet after he died. He came back from the dead. He's the only one ever been able to do that. He, by himself. No help. I can do it all by myself. I don't need you. <laughs> you know what our problem is? Is We think he needs us. He don't need you. And he don't need me. He wants us. And he's actually given us a pound to do something with. We're so worried about what everybody's doing with their pound that we're not concerned about what we do with ours. I got more people concerned about what I'm doing with my pound than they are with their pound. Why don't you worry about your pound and leave my alone? If I can get him one pound, point one pounds, I'm happy. Brother, I'm telling you what, we, we worry about everything but what we should worry about. Jesus walked the planet. You know what this world needs to hear? They need to see some people with it in their eyeballs, man. You know why people like me in the Navy train? I trained, I used to train all the ETs. You know, I was selfish. I did it very selfishly. They wouldn't leave me alone. And they wanted me to operate and fix, fix stuff. I just wanted to fix stuff. So you know what I did? I trained all the radioman so they could operate it, and they would leave me alone, and I could go fix stuff. And that's all I did for two years. I trained, trained, trained so I could fix. That's called being selfish. 
there was a motive behind what I wanted to do. What I, you know what they loved me about? They said, Mike, you're passionate about what you're... Yeah, man, I, I, believe, I believe. First of all, I proved what it was supposed to do, and then I taught them what it was supposed to do. And I tell everybody, I said, I am right and you are wrong. You know what I tell you right now? I'm right and you are wrong. You say, I don't like that. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Now, all you have to do is come prove me right. You're right and I'm wrong and I'll believe you. But until you can prove to me that I'm wrong, I am right. Why? Because I have to prove what I say and do what I say with a passion that will affect people. And a lot of people come up and say, oh, well, you need to do it. No, I'm not here to do it your way. You do it your way if it works, and the Lord will bless you. Brother, Paul says proof. You know, Paul could really care less about what anybody thought. He did what he thought he should do. He said, what is that? No, you got 14 New Testament books. He, well, he warned us at the last church, you better prove it. You're going to need it. To stand in the, and he says, doing all to stand, stand. To do that, you better prove that thing in your heart. Because there's going to come a day when they put you in a place, or they can put me in a place, where you're going to have to make some decisions, and it's not going to be all nice and, 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 and comfy and everything else. And you may not like the situation they put you in, and you're going to have to make a decision based on what you know here, and you will stand or fold compared to what you believe. I've done that for 42 years. I've watched it happen. And it's, it's a rough decision you got to make sometimes. I said that last time, I'll say it again, I'm done. I make my decisions based on my destination. My destination is heaven. It is not messing with you guys. It's heaven. My destination is there. So the decisions I make are going to be based on what I'm doing to get me there. I'm already there, but i got a long way to go till I get there. Then I'm going to let my emotions come in, and sometimes I make decisions people don't like. But he tells me in the Bible, be a respecter of no person. So I can't be a respecter of anybody. I love all my kids. They're second when it comes to Jesus Christ. I've got to treat them in the church like I treat anybody else. My kids get up here and sing all the time. I do treat them a little bit different. Why? Because they're part of the ministry. Because they want to be that. I don't mind. I'll do that to anybody. But I'm telling you what. You know what? If you, you do it the other way around, you're going to let your emotions Dictate what your decisions are, and your decisions are going to mess up the, the walk on your walk to the destination. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. Lord, you said prove all things. Hold fast. Once you prove it, don't let it go. Uh, Lord, help us to do that tonight. Lord, this world needs to see some Christian men and women stand up to prove what they believe. And Lord, that the world sees it, and they love it, and Lord, they want part of it. And, and 500 men see, Lord, this is some true stuff. Every, everything in this book is true. And, and Satan's been trying to change it uh, with every version out there that he can. But, Lord, he just can't touch this thing. You are the Son of God. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. And, Lord, uh, thank you for uh, selling that thing in my heart. And, Lord, uh, thank you for that song they sang. And, Lord, that you, you said you'd never leave us nor forsake us, Lord. You'd never leave us alone, Lord. Thank you for that. In the darkest, deepest dun dun uh, dungeons we they could ever put us in, Lord, uh, you're going to be right there with us because you're omnipresent, Lord. You're everywhere at one time. Again, thank you for your blessing tonight. Bless the prayer service, and Lord, uh, thank you for letting us come to church tonight. We'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.